Welcome to the Small Ball Podcast. Welcome back to the Small Ball Podcast. Welcome back to the Small Ball Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Small Ball Podcast brought to you by Showcase Sports Media. I am your host, Matt Gregory, and today, man, we had a great week of baseball. Last week we were talking about our overreactions to opening weekend, and you know, we kind of wanted to see what was going on and who we thought was going to be good based on what happened last week. And you know, now it's time to go ahead and give some more reactions to what happened and you know, just talk about what happened this week in baseball. There was absolutely a ton I'm recording this Sunday night at 8 p.m. after all of the games completed. I got to watch Sunday Night Baseball, and man, that game ended so controversially. I want to know what you guys think. Do you think Alec Bohm touched home? I definitely, you know, from every angle that was shown to us, there's no sign that Alec Bohm touched home. I've talked to a couple of my good friends that are Phillies fans. They agree he did not touch home. Obviously, they're going to take the win. Anytime you can beat the Braves, it's a great deal for the Phillies. But I just don't see how... They could say that he touched home when there was not a single, single angle that showed that he did. And going back on that, one thing that really confused me about it is maybe they had a different angle or maybe there was some sort of conspiracy. Now, obviously, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not going to go in and I'm going to deep dive and say that there's something going on in Major League Baseball because I don't think that's the case. But what I did see was Matt Vaskersian was so confident he touched home plate. And I just want to know what angle he got. Because we didn't get that angle. I didn't get the angle that Matt Vaskersian got that made me believe that he touched home plate. Because watching that back, watching, watching that footage, there's nothing that says that he touched home plate. So obviously, there's a lot of confusion there. Um, I don't see it, but I, I'm down to hear what you guys think. I want to know, uh, whatever team you're a fan of, if you're a Phillies fan and you think he touched home, let me know. I want to know. Because honestly, at this point, it's one of those things where the game's over. I want to have civil discussion, and I want to find out what you guys think. And was Alec Bohm, was he safe? Did he touch home plate? Next, let's hop into some other big news. Joe Musgrove threw a no-hitter. Uh, Joe Musgrove's a guy that, you know, he had a weird career leading up to this moment. Uh, he pitched with the Astros and the Pirates. Uh, similar to a reverse Garrett Cole theory, and as soon as he left the Pirates, he went to the Padres now, and he's just balling out. Joe Musgrove, uh, you know, he threw a complete game, no hitter. Uh, it was honestly great to watch, great to see, and, you know, for San Diego, Slam Diego, whatever you want to call them, a team on the uprise and the up and up, it was good to see them do good. Uh, so, yeah, final stat line from his from his uh, no hitter was nine innings, no hits, no runs, obviously, no earned runs, uh, no walks, a hit by pitch, and 10 strikeouts. Honestly, it was kind of upsetting to see that he didn't end up completing that. Uh, because if he would have got the perfect game, you know, obviously perfect games are the best. Uh, there's n barely any in MLB history. And speaking of perfect games, today, uh, Weaver, Luke Weaver of the Arizona Diamondbacks had one going into the sixth inning. And the guy sitting behind me at the ballpark goes, oh, man, I think he's going to throw a perfect game. I think he's going to throw a no-hitter. After he said perfect game, he hit the batter. After he hits him, he goes, oh, I think he might throw a no-hitter. Literally the next pitch, he gave up a hit to Eugenio Suarez. I'm not saying that there's, you know, some truth to what people say about it being a thing to talk about it and you just don't talk about it because I agree, you know. If a pitcher's doing that, you know, you kind of just let him do his thing. You don't make him overthink it and you don't talk about it. You don't put that out there because at the end of the day, when the guy gets it done, it's just that much sweeter. Uh, but let's talk about Joe Musgrove. Let's go back. Let's backtrack to him. So just, Joe Musgrove came up with the... Houston Astros in 2016, right? He made 11. He had 11 games played. 
Uh, 28 earned runs and a 4.06 ERA with a 1.21 whip. You know, rookie year, uh, you can't really expect much from the guy, whatever. 2017, uh, this is the bang-bang year. Man, it's been funny to see the Astros get all this trouble for it. I know I kind of backed off and said I think it's all right, like whatever, like let's look past what happened. Uh, but honestly, it's funny. He went 7-8 and eight with a 1.33 ERA and a 4.77 whip. He also had two saves that season. Those are the only two saves of his career. Moving forward to 2018, his first year with the Pirates, you know, he kind of started to figure it out. He had a 1.18 whip uh, and a 4.06 ERA, 6-9 and nine record. Honestly, not a, bad, not a bad ERA, especially when you're not playing for anything in Pittsburgh. 2019, more of the same, 1.22444 ERA. Uh, 2020. He, you know, shortened season. He went 1-5 with a 3.86 ERA and a 1.24 whip. And then this winter, he got traded to the Padres. Uh, and in two starts, he's thrown a complete game, a perfect, or, uh, excuse me, a no-hitter. And he's 2-0 with a 0.00 ERA and a 0.2 whip. Now, obviously, those numbers are not sustainable because if those were sustainable, he'd be the greatest pitcher of all time. Uh, but, yeah, you know, being able to see Joe Musgrove upgrade, it's been kind of great. So now I kind of just want to go through some standings and see what's changed over the weekend. Uh, or I guess the week from last weekend. Obviously, the first is the Boston Red Sox. Uh, shout out to my boys. You know, they're huge Red Sox fans. They're going to be listening in. Uh, they're, you know, they won six straight. Uh, the Red Sox, they got swept by the Orioles opening weekend, and it just was not looking good. It was looking like it was going to be more of the same. Uh, more of the same mundane, not good baseball, basically. Uh, but since then, they won six straight, you know, like I said. Uh, they have a 15-run differential, and J.D. Martinez is on a different level. The man hit three home runs today, and, you know, they torched the Orioles, and they torched the Rays. They swept them both. So good on them. You know, they bounce back, and they look like they could potentially be a good team this year. Uh, if the offense stays that strong, I could definitely see it. But I really don't trust this pitching staff until Chris Sale and Erod are both back at 100%. Uh, it was good to see Erod back, though. Um, his velocity definitely wasn't where it used to be. He's not throwing 95 anymore. Uh, but, you know, maybe that had to do with the dead arm that he had earlier this spring and late into the, the early season, you know. Uh, hopefully that can come back for him. But, you know, he had a good start, and they won six straight. Second place, uh, there's the Orioles, you know. They've lost three straight, but they're still sitting in second place in that AL East division. Uh, and then, you know, the Yankees, the Blue, uh, the Blue Jays, and the Rays are all kind of sitting at four and five. All kind of been whatever so far. Um, the Yankees had a good comeback win today. Rudnett Odor got his first start for them. Or not first start, sorry. He had his first plate appearance with the Yankees, and he singled and drove in a run. So, you know, I honestly, I'm, I'm here behind it. Uh, the Blue Jays had a great game the other night. Uh, su super good to watch. You know, they played real hard. Um, and, yeah, AL Central. Uh, Cleveland Indians in first place. I'm really not surprised there. Early in the season, good pitching is going to win you ball games. And that's exactly what Cleveland has, you know. They're pitching really well, and they're not giving up a ton of runs. You know, they scored 37 runs, which isn't really that many, but they've only given up 22. So if you're only giving up 22 runs, you know, you're going to win ball games. Uh, Kansas City, you know, they got a scary lineup. It's like I've been telling people. I'm like, you don't sleep on that Kansas City Royals team because of that lineup. They may mess around and hang around for a while in that AL Central division, and you never know what they do at the deadline. You know, Whit Merrifield's a guy that people have been saying is on the trade block for forever. But they're half a game back in the division. I know we're only a week and a, what, week and a half in. But still, you never know. Kansas City, they're hanging around. Twins, 5-4. and four. I mean, they've been kind of disappointing. Obviously, it's early. Same thing with the White Sox. It's, been, it's early. It's early. We're real early in the season. Uh, the Twins have a plus 21 run differential and they're in third place. That's kind of crazy. 
White Sox plus 11. But yeah, I you know, it's too early to say anything like that. Uh, moving over to the AL West, this is the division I've really liked watching. Uh, the Astros, you know, they looked good. Um, obviously, they've dropped their last two. But I, you know, I kind of like what the Astros are doing this year. I know they're getting a lot of crap from fans, and it's honestly great to see. Uh, I think it's really funny to watch uh, the fans roast them and give them crap. But yeah, uh, whatever. Uh, the Angels, this is one of the, you know, feel-good teams so far of the season. I mean, you know, nine games in, a week and a half. No overreaction here. Uh, but it's been good to see Mike Trout win, you know. Uh, Shohei Otani, he's been all right, you know. He's been better than I thought he was going to be. Um, and, you know, they're coming away and they're scraping off on wins that they shouldn't really have, but they're scraping up wins. And, you know, at the end of the season, whether you win by one or you win by 12, it's still, one win is one win. Uh, third place, the Seattle Mariners. This is a team, you know, they clawed back today, actually, against the Minnesota Twins. Let's talk about how the Twins were kind of disappointing. Uh, they were, had a 6-0 lead on the Seattle Mariners, and the Twins, or the Mariners, came back, and they won that game 8-6. Uh, so, yeah. And then the bottom of that division, you know, the Texas Rangers, I have nothing to say about them. It's kind of a joke of a franchise. The only cool thing to say about them is they were at 98% capacity. Uh, so the ballpark was packed, you know. Go Texas, I guess. Oakland. The Athletics, this is a team that I, I've i been on them. I You know, I've been like, this is a team that's just not really all that. I feel like they always perform really well in the regular season, but I don't see how they're this top-tier team that everybody thinks they are. I don't I don't see it. Obviously, they've won their last two because they started out 1-7. and seven. Uh, But, yeah, they had a rough right starting schedule. Moving into the NL East, Philadelphia Phillies. You know, I just talked about them. Uh Oh, man, I don't know what to think about this team. I kind of feel like they're in a similar boat of a team we're going to talk about in a little bit. Uh, they're one of those teams that kind of is borderline, could be good, but I think they're really realistically just kind of okay. Um, yeah, so Philly, you know, they're good, uh, but I don't know if they're great. I don't know if they're a playoff team. Uh, but after tonight, you know, the way they battled, that was such a good game. Uh Phillies athletic or Phillies Braves and for it to come down the way it did just kind of stink you know uh the Braves they battled back all night and the Phillies they battled back all night so you know it was one of those games where somebody had to win it just stunk that it was in the way that it happened because I don't think Alec Bohm touched home uh that could be a song Alec Bohm Alec Bohm didn't touch home but yeah I mean it's tough it really is because yeah you never know how that game ends up, and you never know what that one game means later down the line. Second place, the Braves, you know, they haven't really been all that recently. Their pitching has just kind of struggled. Um, take Marcelo Zuna out of left. You know, late game, put somebody else in there who can play better defense because, you know, if that throw is there earlier, there's no way they can call him safe. Uh, but, yeah, Marcelo Zuna has an absolute pool noodle for an arm, and that cost the Braves the game, that in the uh, New York I guess. Third place, the Mets. You know, we've only seen five games, and today they had another postponed game. Uh, but the Mets are kind of looking like what they always do. You know, they have high hopes coming into the season. They're supposed to be this real good team, and then it really never equips anything. And that really, really upsets me because, you know, they go out and they spend all this money, and they look like they're going to be promising. They're young. They've got a lot of talent. And then they just get off to this really bad start. And then mid-July hits, and the Mets decide, oh, we should probably start playing baseball. And then they win, like, you know, 17 of 21 games. But they still miss the playoffs by, like, four or five games. And it's just, honestly, as a fan of the game and a fan of Jacob DeGrom, it's, it's infuriating. So let's hope that this Mets team can figure it out. 
But another story in baseball that happened, you know, uh, they started that game where it was pouring rain, and Marcus Stroman walks on the mound and he goes, why am I pitching right now? Like, this is not safe. This is not something I want to do. And, you know, he was right because he threw nine pitches. He had a runner on first, and he almost walked the next batter, and then they called the game. And he's like, why was this game ever started? This game should not have been started. Completely agree with you, Marcus Stroman. This is not a game that should have been started. I don't know why they didn't look ahead in the forecast, see what was coming, and just cancel the game. Uh, that was your organization's decision, though. The Mets did decide to start that game and see if you guys could battle through it. But at the end of the day, it just was not the right decision for the franchise, and it was not the right decision for Marcus Stroman to get on that mound because, you know, he could have risked injury there. Moving down, uh, we got the Marlins. Uh, they're kind of looking like what we thought they were going to be. Um, I know a lot of people had somewhat of hope for them, but no, this is kind of where I figured they belonged. Uh, and last place, the Washington Nationals. I don't know what it is about this team. They kind of just can't score. And it's weird because they have a really good offense. Um, they have a lot of really talented players. But only scoring 17 runs in six games, like how, how are you ever going to win a baseball game like that? Uh, you've got Juan Soto. Uh, you've got Trey Turner, two of the better hitters in baseball, two of the better pure hitters. I don't understand how they can't score. they got to figure it out if they're going to be anything this year. Uh, moving down to the NL Central, this is my favorite division in baseball. Oh, man, this one's been tough to watch. But we got the Reds in first place. You know, they, today they almost got no hit by Luke Weaver going into the sixth. And, you know, Eugenio Suarez got that base hit, and it didn't equip to anything because the Diamondbacks still did win that game. Uh, second place, we got the Milwaukee Brewers. They're 5-4. and four. Um, They're doing exactly what we thought they would. You know, they're not scoring a ton of runs, but that, that pitching, that late pitching, that bullpen has just been spectacular. Their bullpen has carried all year, uh, and it's continuing to carry, and I think it's going to do that all season. You know, with a bullpen like that, you really aren't going to be able to lose many games, and they just took one from the Cardinals today, uh, and it, it was exactly that. It was the bullpen, and the offense got out to a real good lead early, and when your offense, if you're behind the Brewers going into the sixth or seventh inning, toodles, you're not winning that ball game. Uh, the Brewers, they just have too much pitching on the back end of that rotation um, and into that bullpen. They're you know, kind of a force to be reckoned with there in this week division, of course. I'm third place, the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, you know, we haven't seen consistency from them yet, but obviously it hasn't been enough games, you know. Uh, we'll see what happens moving forward because I don't really understand uh, how to have a, you know, a gauge on them yet because they're a new team. You know, they're still kind of learning each other and learning how to play together. And, yeah, I think that's completely fair for them because, you know, they're new. Uh, the Cubs in fourth, this has been an absolute dumpster fire of a season. Um, this is what I've been scared of. Honestly, the last couple of years, what they've done is they've sustained, you know. The Cubs have been able to sustain and come away with wins that they probably shouldn't get. And I feel like it all started in 2017 in the NLDS against the Nationals. Uh, they kind of been good at just, like, scuffling along and getting wins. But this Cubs team is just different. They are bad. Like, this is genuinely a bad baseball team. Uh, dropping two of three to the Pirates, losing by seven back-to-back -back days to the Pittsburgh Pirates, one of the worst teams in baseball. The Pittsburgh Pirates scored 15 runs in two games. They had scored 19 runs in the previous seven games. I don't know. I, you know, it's... I, yeah, uh, the Cubs pitching just got rocked early. And it's weird because it hasn't been the bullpen. It's been the starters. Trevor Williams and Zach Davies both got absolutely lit up. Uh, and the offense is just atrocious. They've been held to five hits in almost every single game this year. 
They're hitting 167 as a team. I just think, you know what? I think Jed Hoyer needs to take the bullet and just implode this team. You know, it's time to start dealing guys away. Uh, the one guy that I think should stay is Anthony Rizzo. Um, if you can he keep Javi or Wilson Contreras, one of the two, keep them, you know? But the others, they got to go. It's time to move on. Um, and, you know, it's a hard day. It's a real hard day. Uh, but at the end of the day, you got to realize that insanity is this doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. And that's exactly what the Cubs have been doing. Uh, they've been insane. They've been thinking that running the same lineup out the one in 2016, right? This is not the same team. These are not the same players. I don't know what happened. I don't know if it's the drive of the players. I don't know if it's the coaching staff. I don't know what it is. But these players, they're just not the same anymore. And, you know, insanity, it, like I said, is doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. So it's time to stop expecting a different result, and it's time to move on. Because this is Major League Baseball. This isn't Pony League. This isn't Kids League. This isn't like, you know, youth baseball, where if the same kids show up, the same kids play. That's not how it works. You move on, you adapt, and you grow. So I think that's what the Cubs need to do. Uh, and, you know, honestly, I don't know what to say about it. Because, honestly, they're just not doing what they should be. And, and you know what? If you're not going to perform, then hit the road, Jack. It's time to move on. Pittsburgh Pirates in fifth place. Three and six. Uh, I think the Cubs and the Pirates are actually going to battle for last place in this division. I think that Jed Hoyer is actually going to make some moves uh, that are going to make the Cubs, you know, comparable to the Pirates down at the bottom of that division. Um, Pittsburgh, you know, they... Have some young talent, and you know, they're pitching. I don't know if it's just the Cubs' offense being that bad, but the pitching really hasn't been that bad. Uh, starting pitching has not been that bad. Chad Cool looked really good against the Cubs on opening day. Uh, and then these last two guys in this series, you know, they, they shoved. Two guys that I don't even know the names of because they're that irrelevant. Shoved against the Cubs. A lineup that, you know, is one of the top payrolls in baseball. But I'll get off my soapbox there, you know. It's a lot of personal stuff there, you know. <laughs> Tough division. Moving into the NL West, you know, this is a division that's extremely interesting. Uh, the Dodgers at the top, nobody's no surprise there. Uh, this team has just been doing exactly what we expect. They've been dominating. The one thing that worries me is the bullpen. Uh, but there's a guy out there that I think they could go get, um, and it's actually from the Cubs, and I think he would really bolster their bullpen, and he wouldn't cost much. Craig Kimbrell. Why do I think Craig Kimbrell would be a good fit with the Dodgers? I know he's used to that closer role, but I think if you give him the opportunity to win another ring, you let him and Jansen and, I mean, Jimmy Nelson duke it out for the closer role, and, oh, I guess uh, Corey Knable. You let those four duke it out for the closer role, you know? Or you platoon them uh, by day. Uh, but I think he'd be a good fit there. One, because he's not going to cost them a lot. Because K Craig Kimbrell has been extremely inconsistent the last two years. Uh, coming into this year the way he has, he's been the one bright spot. Him and, you know, Chris Bryant. He's hitting two thirty three, but I guess that's a bright spot. Uh, but yeah, Craig Kimbrell, I think he'd be a great fit there uh, because it wouldn't cost much to get him, like I said. And if you get him, you're going to be able to have a guy that has a good arm and he's only locked up for one more year and he's going to want to get paid. So you get him on your team, you don't give up much, and you got a live arm in your bullpen. Reliable is what it seems. And you know that Dodger pitching, uh, Mark Pryor, the pitching coach, I think he could fix him. I think he could, you know, keep improving on what he's doing right already. Second place, San Diego Padres. Uh, seven and three, you know, once again, what we kind of expect, uh, Tatis is down right now and I hope he's a little bit better, uh, but they haven't scored many runs. Uh, this is an offense that hasn't done a lot, but their pitching has been fantastic. Uh, they've only scored 39 runs on the year, which is second in their division, uh, from the bottom. 
And, you know, this is an offense we expected to score a lot. But, you know, they're still winning games. They're still plus 16 run differential, and they're still 7-3 and three in their lot in, to start the season. So I'm excited to see what we have going there forward. Uh, the Padres, definitely one of the teams that can compete with that L.A. Dodgers dynasty. Third place, San Francisco Giants. Uh, this is a team that's a f- group of fakers. Um, I like what's going on there. You know, they've won four straight. But wh- I just think they're fakers. Um, I think they're a team that's just getting out to a hot start. And they're just giving their fans false hope. Um, and this is kind of what they do a lot. Normally, the, what's going on right now happens a little bit later in the year, kind of like the Mets around August. They get real hot and they get real close to a wild card spot and then they fall off. Uh, but, you know, if they get out to a start like this and then wild card time, they're still hot, you never know what could happen. Maybe they could sneak into that second wild card spot because I think the Padres got the first one locked up. Moving into fourth place, we got the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, you know, nothing unexpected from them. Uh, the offense just isn't clicking. They're missing two of their best players. They're missing Zach Gallon, a uh, guy that I think potentially could have won Cy Young this year, depending on how much time he misses. And they're missing Cattell Marte, MVP candidate. Uh, you know, without those guys, they're not really going to be too much. And, you know, they're a team that kind of just gives away a lot. They kind of sell. Hopefully, for their sake, they can get Madison Bumgarner on a roll so they can trade him because he's just god-awful. Uh, but, yeah, last place in the division, Colorado Rockies. No surprises here. Uh you know, the one thing I like about the Rockies is they've been playing hard. This is a team that's definitely been out there battling, uh, honestly. I'm honestly surprised with what's going on there. They're battling hard. You know, they're still losing games, but I feel like they're not getting blown out as much as I thought they would. So, yeah, that's my recap on all 30 MLB teams after one week. Uh, I want to know what you guys think. Once again, please tell me what you think about the Alec Bone play. Go watch it. Sports Center, MLB, all of them are going to post it because this is like big news in baseball. Uh, they blew two calls this weekend. They blew the home run call. Uh, they called it a ground rule double, and then they blew this one. And this one cost the game. We're going to end this episode on a positive note, man. It is just so great to see fans back in the stands of baseball stadiums. Just fantastic. Absolutely great. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope you all have a great week. And we'll talk next week about more baseball. Same time, same place. Peace. Peace.